Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead, Folly or Different. And this is the podcast for people who value stories about the, the road less traveled. And on this episode, it's you and me. And uh, what I thought it would be cool to talk about is the difference between dialogues and interviews. Uh, a couple of things have been in my face about that recently, and I wanted to share them with you. We're sponsored by the good folks at Oracle NetSuite. Learn how to turbocharge the growth of your business today at netsuite.com slash different. And there, you'll be able to set up a free one-hour growth review with an expert in your industry. That's netsuite.com slash different. Now, hey-ho, let's go. Okay, so um, dialogues versus interviews. Um, this episode was inspired by, first, a guy who wrote to me on LinkedIn with some helpful advice on what he thought we should do with this uh, odd cast, and second, by famous actor Tom Hanks. And both gentlemen, in different ways, underscored the difference between a typical uh, dialogue or conversation type of um, uh, podcast or radio show or whatever, and a typical interview. And it really just struck me um, how much is going on behind the scenes and how conditioned we all are to want interviews. Um, so first, let's talk about Tom Hanks. Um, he's one of the most successful uh, actors of all time, of course. Um, he, and he's also one of the cleanest, most professional and family-friendly actors of all time. And I assume that's one of the key reasons he's successful is the combination of those things. He's massively bankable. He's done a whole bunch of Disney movies, and I assume that's a big part of why they hire him. And get this, his films have grossed over $5 billion. And if you're Disney, Tom Hanks is something else that's really important, safe. And I think that's also a big part of what gets him hired. He's uh, not likely to go out and get drunk and urinate in a hotel lobby on a press tour or say something that might cause some kind of controversy for Disney. Um, you know, hiring Tom Hanks is not hiring Motley Crue or Ozzy Osbourne or Charlie Sheen or any of that. So he's bankable and he's safe and he's professional. And I assume that's a big part of his success. Okay. So recently he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was promoting the new Disney Toy Story movie. And, uh, there's a link to, um, uh, his visit with Jimmy in the show notes at lockhead.com if you want to check it out. Anyway, on there, he revealed how strictly controlled he is by Disney about what he can and can't say about the movie. Tom Hanks. And I would even go further. I would bet you that there's a massive penalty clause in his contract if he goes off, strict, off script. And that's Tom Hanks. And so the first aha that I think most people don't realize is even with an actor at that level of professionalism and success, when you get contracted by somebody like Disney, you are told exactly what you can't say and exactly what you can say. Now, think about that in a business context. Um, you ever wonder why you've almost never heard a Fortune 500 CEO say anything interesting? It's one of the reasons I always loved Carol Bartz because not only would she swear like a truck driver, she would call it like she saw it. And very few public company CEOs ever do anything interesting. Uh, you ever wonder why... You know, you don't hear politicians ever say really interesting stuff. Same thing. 
They are uh, not only deeply uh, steeped in their three critical talking points that have been approved by their lawyers and PR people, politicians, just like CEOs, just like authors, just like media celebrities, have been taught to bridge back to their talking points no matter what they get asked. And if you start to listen, you'll hear it. You know, a, a journalist will say, so, Senator, you know, what's your plan for the economy? And, um, and he'll say, well, Jill, I want America to be a place where all Americans can have an opportunity to make a good living, support their family, and pursue the American dream. And that's why I'm running for the Senate. And at first blush, it might sound like that politician said something. When in point of fact, mostly what they just said was uh, empty, meaningless, feel-good bullshit. That's also why uh, CEOs talk the way they do. And if you listen to them, they tend to say the same thing over and over again. It's because they're on a script, because they've been taught to bridge back, and they say the same things over. And because mentally the interviewee is in interview mode, they are thinking, okay, I need to be careful. I need to focus on the audience. I need to say what I've been taught to say, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, if you ever listen to radio interviews uh, or, frankly, most business podcasts, self-help podcasts, uh, general interest podcasts, um, they feel the same every time. You know, leaders in, in podcasting are people like NPR and Wondery, and their interviews are the same. And they're almost 100% predictable. They have a format they're working off of. They're safe. The host is almost always a smart, generically boring white guy. Um, and I almost get the impression that a lot of radio and podcast hosts of this ilk, interview uh, types, are trying to disappear. They, they sort of want to be as vanilla as possible. They're beige. They're not in – it's not – because it's not a conversation – they want to ask thoughtful questions, let the guest respond, and then edit that stuff up and package it and beautifully uh, uh, deliver it to you. Now, look, I'm not saying all interviews and all interviewers are bad. I'm not. There are some legendary ones and some that I enjoy. My favorite is probably Terry Gross uh, of Fresh Air. She's a master interviewer. Um, but I would argue that interviews, even when they're legendary, are more like classical music. And I love classical music. I listen to it all the time. Conversations, however, are very different. They're a lot more like rock and roll. Conversations, dialogue feels more exciting because first of all, they're free form. And you know, as a listener, they might diverge at any moment. In, in real dialogues, real conversations, people do go off script. And when you think about yourself in a conversation, um, one of the most powerful things you can do is quote unquote, think out loud. And if you're having a conversation or conversating, <laughs> which I know is not a real word, but I think is a funny word. When you're conversating, you can jam with somebody. And um, what, what I found as a podcaster is by having real conversations, even when we have uh, super highly media trained uh, lawyer control guests like we do from time to time, they tend to slide out of their well-rehearsed um, talking points pretty, pretty quickly. Now, recently... I had it sort of in my face as to how much uh, most people don't sort of get this distinction between um, inauthentic kind of scripted interviews and, and freeform dialogue. Um, often when I get invited by way of example to go on another podcast, they'll send me questions in advance. Uh, in the pre-session before they hit record, they'll talk about, well, what do you want to talk about? And, 
and they want to like game out the thing with you. Um, uh, even worse, once you've had the uh, interview, the producers and the editors will slice that stuff up. They'll cut out parts they think are not interesting and they'll hunt for uh, key sound bites or you might have heard this term value bombs and high value insights and spoon feed you what essentially is a cut up, re-swizzled um, bunch of value bombs and talking points. And if you really listen carefully, you can even hear the edits, even in some of the top, top tier podcasts. So I think generally conversations are much more interesting. And yes, there are some flat pot parts in conversations. And yes, there are some rambly parts. But um, if you're committed to being a good conversationalist, um, then I think you can, you can navigate through those. Um, the other thing I think is sort of uh, fascinating is that um, it's in those diversions where things get interesting. It's when things get silly and people let their guard down that uh, things get interesting. And so I like the natural ebbs and flows and the floating into the eddies and then hitting the rapids and coming out into flat spots of a real conversation. And the experience for you and I, I think, as consumers, as listeners, is very different. When you're listening to an interview show, you know it's an interview and you know it's a quote-unquote show. Uh, and so that's the mode you're in. If you're listening to a conversation, a dialogue-oriented podcast, if you're like me, you slide into this eavesdropping mode. It's as if um, you know, you're sitting at the table next to somebody and you're eavesdropping. And that's a fascinating thing. And what some of our listeners have told us is somewhere around 20 minutes in, you go from eavesdropping to actually feeling like you're in the conversation. We've had listeners tell us that when an episode comes to the end, they're like, hey, wait, we're not done talking yet. <laughs> and they feel like they're in the conversation so much so that people report that sometimes they will even pick up their phone because often they're listening on their phone and call one of their best friends to tell them what the show is about uh, so that they can keep the dialogue going. Now, uh, the sort of amount of uh, or the lack of awareness about this distinction between dialogue podcast and interview podcast was recently also highlighted to me by this guy who uh, sent me a LinkedIn message and he said he'd listened to a few episodes and he wanted to give me some constructive feedback, which I always find is interesting. And so he said things like, well, you know, you should make it shorter um, and it's clear you don't edit it enough. So you should cut out some of the spots that are, he called them non-essential. And uh, he said to me, quote, seems like not prepared enough in terms of the questions, seems more like an informal conversation, end quote. <laughs> to which I responded, exactly. That's the whole point. That's what we're trying to do. And I politely said to him, I'm not going to take any of your advice because I'm not trying to have a interview. I'm interested in a powerful conversation. And so it's exactly what we're not trying to do. Uh, so I wanted to share with you, you know, if you're somebody whose ear gets used to and attuned to conversation, how it shows up. We recently did our first ever uh, listener, or I like to think of you more as customers, uh, survey. And um, if you're still interested, you can go to lockhead.com slash survey. We're still interested in hearing from you. Um, but here's what a few of you said to us. Um, when asked the question, how would you describe a follow your different to a friend? People said stuff like no bullshit, straightforward conversation. It's a rare and real conversation that gives me insights I wouldn't expect. 
interesting real discussions, eavesdropping on incredible conversations, honest with great guests that are not mainstream, same old, same old, honest and entertaining, real authentic conversations with amazing and unique people, open conversations between amazing people that will get your blood pumping to become legendary. And then I think this might be my favorite one. Follow Your Different is a cross between a Metallica concert, a super cool dinner party conversation, and a design thinking class at Stanford. (laughs) So look, here's what I really want to say to you. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to engage with me in um, a format that I know most people don't like because we've been trained to listen to these interviews um, that by definition are inauthentic. Now, I'm not saying some of them are great, so I'm not shitting on all of them, although I've grown less and less to like them. But a a real dialogue is a magical mystery tour. And after, um, you know, uh, about almost two and a half years now of doing this, and I don't know how many episodes deep we are, but we got to be around 300 when you consider Legends and Losers, our prior incarnation, and now Follow Your Different. Um, what I've realized is the people who love this uh, free-form, non-format uh, conversation really love it. And the people who don't, really don't. They want me, they want their NPR, and they want their, <laughs> they want their sliced and diced value bombs. And so I've learned this is not for everyone. But if you, like me, are fascinated by legendary conversation, I want to thank you, um, A, for listening and being part of this ongoing conversation that um, I'm committed to having with you and our guests. I know this style is not for everyone. And I also know that if you value this, then you really value it. And that means the world to me. And I want to thank you for that. And if you care about this style of podcast, I would ask you to spread the word and to let people know uh, about the distinction between an interview uh, style show and a uh, uh, dialogue podcast. So I just wanted to underscore those things. It's kind of been on my mind lately. Um, And that's it. We would like to thank you. I really appreciate you. There's about a dozen folks involved with the production of this oddcast. And uh, make no mistake, we do it, A, to have a very good time, and B, to share that good time with you. And having you around makes it awesome. So thank you. Thank you for willing to be on this dialogue experiment with me. Also, OneLifeFullyLived.org, the nonprofit helping you dream, plan, and live your best life. Check them out at the number one LifeFullyLived.org.com. And another nonprofit I want to um, tell you about, DonorsChoose.org. You can support a classroom and build a future. And we have an upcoming episode with uh, two of the leaders of Donors Choose coming up super soon. All right. We need to remind you that this podcast is only for people who value inspiring, different, real conversations and dialogues. And it is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. We are never tested on GMOs. All rights do remain perturbed. Uh, I need to warn you that the creators of this podcast may have been consuming libations. Remember to listen to the Ramones. Don't forget the sage words of David Lee Roth, who said, you've got to roll with the punches to get to what's real. Thank you, Candy Dandy. I love you, Mom and Dad. And hey, Colin, this oddcast really ties the room together, doesn't it? Today, our deepest apologies go to James Altucher. Sorry, James, we just ran out of time for you. That's it, my friends. Thank you so much. Stay legendary. And until we're together again, follow your difference.